1: HollywoodTakeover.com slash Jesse. It is the Jesse Kelly Show. Another hour of the Jesse Kelly Show. And it has been a great one so far. If you missed any part of the show, you can catch the whole thing on iHeart, Google, Spotify, and iTunes. You hear old Joe Poopy Pants? And
3: you know, uh, um, I think that there's a. Uh i've been in and out not as uh, obviously a combatant but in and out of afghanistan iraq and his areas 38 39 times
1: no he hasn't <laughs> not even close again again it's so weird he every president lies Every, every everyone republicans democrats they all lie Nobody, no one in the history of the presidency has told more gigantic, easily verifiable lies than Joe Biden. It's weird. You couldn't own a cannon when they passed the Second Amendment. Even his own staffers have told him, please stop saying that. That's not true. Yes, you could. (laughs) He doesn't stop. All right, whatever, whatever. I know it's Tuesday, but I wasn't here yesterday. And I'm not going to cheat us all out of Medal of Honor Monday. So we're going to do Medal of Honor Tuesday, and we're going to take a break from all the yucky politics because I have to get into this $1.7 trillion bill and yet another GOP betrayal and more from the U.S. of gay, and there's all kinds of ugliness still to come. I'm done with ugliness for now. We're going to talk about a hero. We're going to read his Medal of Honor citation, and then we're going to discuss some of the history around it all right you ready for this you ready for medal of honor tuesday remember all these medal of honor citations they're all available for everybody for free online every single one you can sort it by branch you can sort it by conflict you get multiple websites you can do your own medal of honor monday or tuesday or sunday or whatever with your own family With the little league team you coach, with your Sunday school class, with the with your class in regular school, remember it's non-political. Even if you're a government school teacher, you can do this. We're talking about heroes, talking about people who have done amazing things, like a Mr. Archer T. Gammon in the Battle of the Bulge. Honoring those who went above and
2: beyond. It's Medal of Honor Monday.
1: This took place on January 11th 1945 by the way. He charged 30 yards through hip-deep snow to knock out a machine gun and its three-man crew with grenades, saving his platoon from being decimated and allowing it to continue its advance from an open field into some nearby woods. The platoon's advance through the woods had only begun when a machine gun supported by riflemen opened fire. And a Tiger Royal tank sent 88 millimeter shells screaming at the unit from the left flank. If any, by the way, if pause, if any of these words are confusing for you, let me pause this real quick. If any of these terms and words are confusing, Tiger Royal and 88 millimeter, I'm about to go into a lot of this in the history segment. So just buckle up. All right. Staff Sergeant Gammon, disregarding all thoughts of personal safety rushed forward, then cut to the left, crossing the width of a, of a platoon skirmish line in an attempt to get within grenade range of the tank and protecting foot troops. Intense fire was concentrated on him by riflemen and the machine gun in place near the tank. He charged the automatic weapon, wiped out its crew of four with grenades, and with supreme daring, advanced within 25 yards of the armored vehicle, killing two hostile infantrymen with rifle fire as he moved forward. The tank had started to withdraw. He's got the tank retreating by this point in time. The tank had started to withdraw, backing a short distance, then firing, backing some more, and then stopping to blast out another round when the man whose single-handedly relentless attack had put the ponderous machine on the defensive was struck and killed instantly by a direct hit from the Tiger Royal's heavy gun. By his intrepidity and extreme devotion to the task of driving the enemy back no matter what the odds, Staff Sergeant Gammon cleared the woods of German forces for the tank to continue to withdraw, leaving open the path for the gallant squad leader's platoon. Bang, son. Bang. Now, there is so much ugly politics out there between the Trump indictment, well, the coming Trump indictment, and the big bill, and more U.S. of gay news, and big Pfizer news and emails, that I decided we shouldn't talk about any of that for a little bit. We should talk about a little bit of history. Let's do Battle of the Bulge history, shall we? I'll try to make this brief, but... uh, I'm not going to try that hard. Here's the deal. Yeah, yeah, I will, Chris. Yeah, I will make it brief, okay? Anyway, here's the deal. Battle of the Bulge. Let's do a big 30,000-foot view of World War II. We think of World War II, you know, December 7th, 1941, we got attacked in Pearl Harbor, and boom, we jump into World War II. And because we're Americans, and that's when America jumped in the war, I know we know what started before that, but for us, we think of that was really kind of the big thing. Well, not really. Yes and no. Remember, Hitler kicked all this stuff off, if we're not going to count Japan's invasion of China, but Hitler really kicked all this stuff off, invading Poland. Hitler's taking, this is the 1930s, 1939. And we think of the war as being something that was kind of, you know, Hitler was rocking and rolling up until we declared war not necessarily true. Hitler, yeah, he beat up Poland, he beats up, you know, a couple of these countries and then Hitler makes the decision to go into the Soviet Union, the, to go into to attack Russia, a land war in Russia, which as everyone knows was insane by now. But this is going to this is going to come into play with Battle of the Bulge, so just stay with me. The odd thing about December 7th, 1941 was this. If Japan had any brains, they would have realized that by that point in time, the war had been decided because Hitler's invasion of the Soviet Union had finally bogged down and ground to a halt in the Soviet Union. And anyone who knew anything at that point knew it was inevitable. So by the time Japan bombed us at Pearl Harbor, Germany losing the war was an inevitability. That was a tough word right there. I went to community college. It was an inevitability. So Japan attacked us and their main ally was already a loser. Now, I say that to say this. Germany was then pushed back and pushed back and pushed back as the the Soviets are running them out of the Soviet Union. Combine that with a couple of other things. As the Soviets are pushing the Germans out of the Soviet Union, pushing them back towards Germany, erasing all those gains they had made, we invaded Normandy. D-Day. I, I, you know about D-Day. We invaded Normandy. Now, that was a really big deal. Okay, I want you to think about this like a map. This stuff helps me understand history better. So you have France. France is right there in the middle of your map, all right? So just a blank piece of paper. You got France is sitting right there in your blank piece of paper, okay? Now to the right of France, right to the right, right next door, touching France to the right, Germany. You got France in the middle, Germany's touching them on the right. To the right of Germany is the Soviet Union. Not really, just for the purposes of this making it easy, let me make it easy for you. To the right of Germany is the Soviet Union. North of France, north of the middle of your paper, across the English Channel, a little bit of water, the UK, Great Britain. All right. So picture this from Germany's standpoint. If you're German, you have spent the war pushing into France, taking over France. You've been pushing left. You've been pushing right as you took over so much of the Soviet Union. You tried to push north into the UK, but they fought you off. But still, you've been pushing left and pushing right. Life ain't bad. Except now, the Soviets are pushing you back towards your little Germany circle. And we, at Normandy, D-Day, that was our foothold. That was our foothold to start pushing the Germans back out of France. So now, you're starting to get pushed back out of France. Also not good. Now, this goes on for quite some time. Operation Market Garden and Normandy and a couple things soon. It's 1944, the end of 1944, and here you have Germany with the Soviets coming real close on their right. Well, on the right is the piece of paper you're looking at, and the Americans and the Brits coming close on your left, and you're looking around, and it doesn't exactly take a genius to figure out. You had better figure out something to do to change the tide of this war. Now, what is that something? There was some argument about that with the German high command. We will continue a little bit more history, and then we'll get back into politics and, and stuff. But we're going to continue to do more Battle of the Bulge stuff in just a second. I don't know much, but I do know this. If you're one of the people who was sitting there freezing at the Battle of the Bulge, and very it was cold out there, just think about this. Think how good some shrimp would have tasted from Biloxi shrimp. What, Chris? Think about if somebody had taken the Biloxi shrimp herbs and spices and sautéed up just vats and vats of shrimp for our troops. You think the morale was high? Think how much higher the morale would have been. Maybe some toast points with the Biloxi shrimp shrimp. We probably would have fought off the Germans in half a day had we been powered by Biloxi. You you can have Biloxi shrimp, American shrimp, right out of the Mississippi Gulf. American, American jobs, you can have Biloxi delivered to your front door. Doesn't matter where you are. They'll deliver it right to your front door. They have all kinds of options and bundles available no matter what your budget is. Go to BiloxiShrimpCo.com. Promo code JESSE gets you 10% off your whole order. BiloxiShrimpCo.com. Promo JESSE.
2: Truth. Attitude. JESSE KELLY. We'll
1: come back to me and my it is so the Jesse Kelly Show. Don't forget, you can email the show anything you want, your love, your hate, your death threats, your Ask Dr. Jesse questions. Those can all be emailed into jesse at jessekellyshow.com, jesse at jessekellyshow.com. Now, if you're just now joining us, you should know the show has been sidetracked. We're going to get back to all the omnibus spending bill disaster and all the other ugliness out there. But we're talking history right now. We just did a Medal of Honor Tuesday. We're doing a little Battle of the Bulge, and I kind of set up what Germany's situation was by December 1944. It was bad. It was bad. The Soviets were coming from the east the Americans and the Brits were coming from the West. It was You had to figure out something. And offense, pay attention, GOP. Offense is oftentimes the best defense, as the old saying goes. So Hitler and Hitler's military command decided to put their heads together and come up with a plan. Okay, what do we do? You're surrounded. People are angry, understandably. What do we do? Hitler's generals had an idea. In my opinion, it was a smarter idea than the one Hitler had, unsurprisingly. But they had an idea. And their idea was this. Hey, these allied troops are overextended. And we were. And let, let's hold on. Sorry. I, I should explain this. Pause for a second. What do I mean by overextended? All right. You remember where the UK is up there. They came down across the UK down into france and now they're charging through france fighting germans the whole way and they're moving really fast and not only have done they done the invasion of normandy they had the failed operation market garden i won't bore you with the details on that i'll give it to i'll get i'll get to that another time what you need to know is this they tried to establish a bridgehead across the rhine so they could get into northern germany And the Germans were just too tough. They couldn't get across. We tried. We worked with the Brits to do a bunch of paratroopers and seize the bridges. They failed. It was a failure. But we were still pushing. So we were taxed. We were really far away from our supply lines. The unsexy part of war is logistics. As the wonderful saying goes, amateurs study tactics, professionals study logistics. Did you know... Did you know that no matter who you are, man, woman, big, small, trained, untrained. Do you know that no matter who you are, that you could defeat a Navy SEAL in a fist fight? Did you know that? If you're asking how, well, you simply have to take that Navy SEAL and you just have to starve him for a week, week and a half till he's half dead and you sit and you eat three square meals a day and you'll go beat him to a bloody pulp. An army runs on his stomach, as Napoleon said. No one likes to talk about these things because we like bombs and bullets and explosions and charges and machine gun nests. You have to have food and water and backup ammo and medical supplies and all the. Are you bored yet? You're half asleep? These things have to get to your troops. And when you push too far away from your supply base, it just takes so long to get that much to your troops. And when you're dealing with numbers like 100,000, 200,000, 300,000 men, do you have any idea how much food 300,000 men will eat in a single day? It's, it would fill up a warehouse. It's more than you can imagine, only they have to eat every day. So they're extended And then Operation Market Garden failed. Now we're more extended. Now we're tired. Hitler and his generals knew that. They knew we were overextended. Their plan was, let's hit them. They're they're hurting. They're wobbly right now. Let's blast through them while they're tired. Their supplies haven't, haven't caught up. They're not rested. Let's blast through the Allied lines and push towards Antwerp. Now, what is Antwerp? You don't know. I don't know. You don't have a globe in front of you, so allow me to explain. Basically, attached to France, northeast France, is a little country with excellent waffles called Belgium. I actually don't even know if they have waffles there, but I bet they do. But it has a really important port called Antwerp. Hitler wanted to blast through the Allied lines and go grab that port for two different reasons. One, He wanted the port so he could have better supplies. And two, he wanted to deny that port to us so we couldn't bring supplies in there. Antwerp was the goal of this whole operation. His generals wanted something much smaller, less ambitious. Hitler wanted to go for the final knockout blow. I guess you could make an argument for each of them. Hitler strategically was a complete and utter moron. So his generals, who were very, very capable, were probably right. But you never know, hindsight's twenty twenty. That brings us to what actually happened. Now I want you to keep this in mind. Our guys, units like the 101st Airborne, were exhausted and hungry. They'd just done D-Day. You've seen, you've seen Saving Private Ryan. You've seen Band of Brothers. They just did D-Day. They also did Operation Market Garden. And they need rest. They needed My Patriot Supply It's what they really needed. They needed an emergency three-month food kit sent to all of these units. That way, they could have had 2,000 calories a day to rest and recover. 2,000 calories a day, breakfast, lunch, dinner, drinks, snacks. My Patriot Supply, they wouldn't have just done that for the 101st Airborne. You know they'll do that for you too, right? At MyPatriotSupply.com, they will get each and every member of your home a three-month emergency food kit in case our own disaster comes in. Lord knows it sure looks like it's right around the corner. MyPatriotSupply.com. You get that before the trouble comes, all right? Before the trouble comes. Once the trouble gets here, then it's too late. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and get one today. Now, that was all the setup. When we get back, I'm going to explain to you the 101st Airborne and Bastogne and just a couple little things about Battle of the Bulge. And then we'll wrap this thing up and we'll get back to politics and talk about the omnibus bill and all the crap that's in there and U.S. of Gay and the, the, all the latest
0: stuff out there. All right? Hang on. I-
2: lifelock protects you in ways that you simply can't on your own join now and save up to 25 percent your first year at lifelock.com news that's lifelock.com news to save up to 25 percent identity theft protection starts here
1: i keep hearing that a lot of people are still on the fence about owning gold and silver It is the Jesse Kelly Show. And speaking of Battle of the Bulge, I'm going to get right back to the story here. I think we need to take a minute, though, and pay homage to Joe Biden, President Poopy Pants, his uncle, Frank, who, who won the Purple Heart at the Battle of the Bulge. You know, I, uh,
3: my dad, when I got elected vice president, he said, Joey, Uncle Frank fought in the Battle of the Bulge. He was not feeling very well now, not because of the Battle of the Bulge, but he said, and he won the Purple Heart. And he never received it, he never he never got it. Do you think you could help him get it? Will surprise him. So I got him the Purple Heart. He had won it in the Battle of the Bulge. And I remember he came over to the house and I came out and he said, present it to him. Okay, we had the family there. I said, Uncle Frank, you won this. And I went to, he said, I don't want the damn thing. No, I'm serious, he said, I don't want it. I said, what's the matter uncle frank you earned it he said yeah but the others died the others died i lived i don't want it
1: man that is gosh that's quite a story if only it was true uh credit to the new york post who did a little digging on the fact checking biden's father joseph biden died in september 2002 more than six years before his son was elected vice president. Remember, Joe had that talk with his dad after he became vice president, which brings us to his brother, Frank, who died in 1999. Frank's Biden's tombstone does not identify him as a Purple Heart honoree, nor does his obituary, obituary a partial registry of known Purple Heart recipients, also doesn't note anyone by that name receiving the award. <laughs> it just makes up everything. All right, quit. We'll get back. We'll get back to that stuff in a little bit. Let me finish up my story, and then we'll get to this horrible spending bill and, and all, the, all the rest of it. Now, the plan for Hitler and the Germans. We're talking Battle of the Bulge. I swear this is a political show. The plan is, again, push towards Antwerp. And their plan is to use armor. When I say armor, just think tanks. But there are more than just tanks. There's tanks. There are Anti-tank things, anti-tank armor that look like tanks. And I need to explain this for uh, uh, civilians. Every piece of armor that has a big gun on it is not a tank. It's fine if you think, think that, but that's not what it is. Some of them are actually specifically designed to shoot other tanks, tank destroyers. So they're sending panzer divisions, armor divisions after the Americans to try to blow through this line. And I'm going to give you a couple of details here. Don't stress memorizing these. Just a couple of things you should know. The Germans really used two kinds of tanks. They had a panzer and they had a tiger tank. A panzer and a tiger tank. And what's crazy about this is you should know both of them are better than ours. Both of them are bigger. The guns were bigger. The armor was thicker. They were just nasty. Those Germans could build a nasty friggin' tank. Apparently, the Tiger tanks—the sight of them was amazing. They were just huge. They were several times as big as our Sherman tanks. We had Sherman tanks, all right. Now their plan was to blow through our guys. Well, we took our guys. Units like the 101st Airborne—they had been in Normandy. They would just taken place in Operation Market, taken part in Operation Market Garden, and they had sent them. To basically rest barracks in France. Because the units were so shot to pieces. So many people were dead. So many people were wounded. So many people were PTSD'd out of their mind by now. Uh, Try to imagine the level of combat these guys have just gone through. Best of the best. But the human mind can only take so much. Well, Hitler launches this offensive. And we have to go to all these units. All these units of infantry. And we have to tell them, hey guys... We need you, and we need you right now. Keep in mind, this is this is a sense of urgency. Some of our guys in elite units, like the 101st Airborne, some of our guys didn't have rifles, did not have a weapon. Their weapon had been shot, damaged. We're waiting on a new one. Sorry, we need you up there anyway. So we scramble these guys into... The Ardennes, the forest. A lot of this takes place near Bastogne in Belgium. It's a huge it's a huge front, so I don't want to act like it just took place there. It was a long front, but Bastogne in Belgium is a very, very popular place. And what happens is it's December, and this horrible freeze comes in. And our guys, who are PTSD'd out of their minds, don't have the supplies necessary. They are dug into this forest. And they have German tanks and German infantry pouring their way with the interest in blowing through them. And they're dug into Bastogne. They're dug into town. They're dug into the woods. And we really don't have armor. Our tanks aren't there. We have a bunch of anti-tank guns, but we don't have armor. And you really need that. Now, what happens is the Germans, they start running into our guys there. We do have artillery, so our guys are fighting tooth and nail in the Battle of the Bulge to try to keep the Germans from breaking through. We're dropping artillery on them, but even then, we're going to die if we don't get some help, which, which brings us to one General Patton. Maybe you've heard of him. Patton's 3rd Army, they were there, but not close they were there. I forget the distance. This, I mean, if I say it, it'll be wrong. I want to say they were 200 miles away, 150 miles away, but they were somewhere like that. Patton, in one of the most incredible military moves that people don't know about ever, has his entire has all these tank divisions. He has them rolling to help out our guys in Bastogne in something like less than two hours. This is a huge military operation, tens of thousands of men, and Patton has them all heading north in the dark. He wouldn't even let them stop. They would would radio back to Patton and say, hey, we got to pull over, get some sleep. He said, our guys are dying. You go. I don't care what it is. You go. And our guys go up there and, look, I don't know what to tell you. There's just, if I could have video of it, it would be incredible There is our guys fighting tooth and nail in the trenches. Our guys are breaking mentally. And and like I said, the airborne units and whatnot, we're not talking talking weaklings here. We're talking the bravest men who've ever lived. There's just only so much the human mind can take. You can see a little of this if you ever actually watch that HBO series Band of Brothers, by the way. It's very, very accurate. War heroes were just breaking mentally. You can only, anyone can only handle so much. But they're fighting their guts out. They're fighting tooth and nail, fighting their guts out. And our tanks start coming in. And our anti-tank guns start keeping up. And eventually, and then, like I said, this is a huge front. I'm going to move off it now because we have to get on to crappy spending bills. But eventually, Hitler's tank units, they get so frustrated that they can't take over Bastogne that they just go around Bastogne and keep trying to push towards the port because, remember, the port was the ultimate goal. But then, the good Lord provides... The weather went from freezing to thawing. Tanks love frozen ground. Mud, not so much. The German panzer divisions bogged down to the point they basically have to turn around and try to go back to Bastogne. And the thing is, by this point, the Germans were simply running out of tanks, and we weren't. And running out of men, and we weren't. And that Battle of the Bulge, I did, and there. By the way, I could do hours and hours and hours on the different parts of Battle of the Bulge. There are so many fascinating parts, and because you're you, and I know you geek out on this, I know you're going to email me parts you want me to do, and I'll do them, Jesse at jessekellyshow.com. But this was the last gasp of Germany during the war. Remember, this is December 1944. We're nearing the end. There were no longer any German resources left after this. To try to make a push anywhere all they could do is try to dig in and get ready because the soviets were coming to town and they knew that was not going to be a pleasant experience at all not pleasant at all as the soviets were pouring in i know what the germans were thinking as they were pouring into berlin i know they were thinking two things one i wish we'd won the battle of the bulge and two what I wouldn't give for some Giza dream sheets right now to help me sleep through the night as the, as the Russian army comes pouring in. <laughs> and even though the German economy was in shambles, it was December. I mean, right now it's December. I'm sure Mike Lindell would have given everybody the same sale. He's a dream sheets as low as $29.99. Mattress toppers, as low as $99.99 right now. If you're farting around the house, maybe you got to go get the mail. My slippers are so quality, they're indoor, outdoor for $90 off a pair right now. Just go to mypillow.com, click on the radio listener specials, and use the promo code Jesse. Mypillow.com, promo code Jesse, or call. 800 845 0544. It is time now to talk about the omnibus bill. Hang on.
2: Jesse Kelly. Backs in.
1: It is the Jesse Kelly Show on a Tuesday. The week's almost halfway over. It's almost Christmas time, baby. Oh, Chris, happy Hanukkah. It's his Hanukkah right now, right? I got that right? Look how cultured I am. Honestly, shalom, Chris. That's basically me now. Remember, you can email the show jesse at jessekellyshow.com. I've been avoiding it for almost two hours. Because I'm going to get upset. I don't want to get upset. I've I've been sick. If I start yelling, I'm going to start going into a coughing fit. So I'm just going to be calm? I'm going to be calm. I don't even care. I'm not even mad. Look at how not not mad I am. I can't believe how calm I am right now. So let's talk about uh, the $1.7 trillion bill that Mitch McConnell and the Senate Republicans are about to pass with the Democrats I have a few friends in Congress there are some very very good people in Congress especially the House one of the great ones is Dan Bishop he did a little thread on social media I want to make sure I give him credit for it on just a couple things that are in the bill by the way I would have spent much of the show telling you things that are in the bill but nobody knows because there's 4,155 pages of it. And as you'll hear from Rand Paul here in a couple minutes, they dropped it at 1.30 in the middle of the night. By the way, this is going to pass like tomorrow or the next day. We are $31 trillion in debt. And, well, I'll let Dan Bishop take it away. It expressly prohibits Customs and Border Patrol funding from being used to improve border security. So they allocated money to the border patrol but they expressly forbid them from using it for border security, okay? But at the same time, this is according to Dan Bishop, allocates 410 million dollars to the border security for Jordan, Lebanon, Egypt, Tunisia and Oman. America last in action, that's what Dan said. And of course, oh my gosh, that's a big number. 1.4 billion dollars For membership in the global multilateral organizations, including the United Nations. The word salmon, like the fish, appears 48 times in the bill. Not making that up. $65 million for salmon. Dan goes on to say it seems fishy. That's Dan's crappy joke, not mine, although I do think that's funny. This time he says $3 million for bee-friendly highways and another $5 million for salmon. This time he says talk about a buzzkill. Chris, remind me to text Dan after the show. We're going to have to talk. Someone else is going to have to start doing these jokes. Unless the other fish feel out of the spending spree, here's $65.7 million for international fisheries commissions. On a more sinister note, he says... Here's at least $575 million for, quote, family planning in areas where population growth threatens biodiversity. That's $575 million of your money that is going to go to kill people in places where they don't think there should be any more people. $65 million in two programs for Senator Leahy and a federal building named for Nancy Pelosi. He says swamp's going to swamp. Here's just a handful of the many earmarks, including $3.6 million for Michelle Obama trail. Oh, did I mention that Mitch McConnell was all for it? Christy, do, do you have that sound from Mitch McConnell? He, he wants you to know. He's heard from Republicans, and they're all about that Ukraine life. So admittedly, I'm pretty
3: proud of the fact that with a Democratic president, a Democratic House, and a Democratic Senate, we were able to achieve, through this omnibus spending bill, essentially all of our
1: priorities. Michelle Obama trail. I want to make sure I give him credit. See how calm I am being right now? I'm, I'm worried I'm going to lose it by the time Rand Paul is done. Now, this is a little long. It's a couple minutes but Rand Paul, one of the few people who actually understands what having debt means and how bad it's going to be for us. Rand Paul got up and he had this to say. Uh,
4: I brought with me the Omni, 4,155 pages. When was it produced? In the dead of the night, 1.30 in the morning when it was released. Now, People argue that it's conservative's fault, it's you don't have the Christmas spirit, somehow you're holding up government. Well, whose job is it to produce this? The people in charge of spending, the people in charge of both of the parties. When did they know that this would be necessary? Well, it's in the law, September 30th. You got nine months, almost 10 months, to produce a plan. To have a spending plan. They weren't ready on September 30th, so they voted themselves 90 more days. They weren't ready last week either, so they voted themselves another week. And now we have it at 1.30 in the morning this morning. But what's the clamor? The clamor is to vote. Vote now. Let's get it done. Why are you standing in the way of spending? Well the real question is this. What is more dangerous? What is more dangerous to the country? 1.1 1.1 trillion dollars in new debt or as Republican leadership likes to say, oh, but it's a win It's a big win. We're getting 45 billion dollars for the military. So which is more important? Which threatens the country more? Are we at risk for being Invaded by a foreign power if we don't put 45 billion into the military? Or Are we more at risk by adding to a 31 trillion dollar debt? I think the greatest risk to our national security is our debt. The process stinks. It's an abomination. It's an
1: yeah, we, we, we got it, Chris. Now, maybe, maybe you're sitting there right now like me and you have a little bit of steam coming out of your ears that uh, vein and the side of your forehead is pulsing because you're absolutely irate at this level of betrayal from our GOP leaders. Of course, it's all the same group of losers. Thune, McConnell, Ernst, Lindsey Graham. What a shock. Every se- Lindsey even had the guts to say, well, I'm going to vote for it, but I don't like it and I won't do it again. Oh, shut up, you loser. Now, maybe all that stuff has made you mad. Man, you're not even close to mad enough yet. Because there is another thing in this bill. And uh, I'm going to tell you what it is. And you're just going to come unglued at the level of, man, it's just, you know what? I'll explain what that is in just a moment. Um, Now, I want you to do me a favor. I want you to go blow off some steam for a couple minutes, okay? A nice way to blow off some steam, I've found, is to shoot things. Shoot things with my hero gun. Because I live, I, I can't just go pop off rounds right in my home. But Hero, the Hero Gun and the Hero Arrow, they both have practice rounds you can use. They even send it with a practice target. And I will tell you, the Hero Gun in particular, those pepper balls shoot 100 miles per hour. It really feels good to hear that thing whack at the target that I have put up on my fence. And sometimes when I get mad, it makes me feel good. So on top of this being a non-lethal gun that will save your life and you don't need a concealed carry permit, it might help you blow off a little steam. Go to Hero2020.com, code JESSE to blow off that steam. that gets you a special discount. Hero2020.com, code JESSE. State restrictions may apply. Now, for the coup de gras of what's in the bill, and oh, it gets worse, don't get me wrong. There's all kinds of bad things in it, but eh, I've got a couple more, hang on. For a limited time, watch the first 10 minutes for free at HollywoodTakeover.com/Jesse. Nowadays, 20 bucks barely gets you a burger and fries, or maybe a quarter tank of gas. You know what it will get you, though? For just 20 bucks a month, you can get unlimited talk